Welcome to Connecting with Coincidence with psychiatrist Bernard David Beitman, MD. Dr. Beitman is the founder of the Coincidence Project. The project encourages people like you to tell each other coincidence stories. To learn more about Dr. Beitman's work, put Connecting with Coincidence in your web browser. You'll find his book, his Psychology Today blog, and the interviews from this podcast. And now your host, Bernard Beitman, MD. Ah, hey there, welcome to Coincidence. Connecting with a coincidence is what we do here. I am your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. I've got a new book coming out in September called Meaningful Coincidences. Because meaningful coincidences illuminate the invisible currents that connect and unite us. Please subscribe and like us by clicking the buttons below my finger down there somewhere. And please comment on this podcast. I've gotten some really good replies lately um, about fractals and stuff. And uh, I like responding to them. So uh, please let us know how you are affected by my conversation here with Les Velez. But first, some stories. The title of this group is called Evidence for Connections Between Minds. One of my psychotherapy patients was finally getting in touch with her anger. For most of her 40 years, anger often expressed itself as anxiety because being angry frightened her. She didn't know that. She's reading a book about assertiveness and had reached the anger section, now making her own anger more real to herself. As often happens in its life transition, and it was a big transition for her to start feeling anger, including at me, can you believe it? Someone, she was in the bathroom and someone's name came to her mind. And her husband in the other room exasperatedly screamed out this person's name. She was working on scheduling a class at school. And her administrator called and suggested a time that worked for her while she was trying to figure out what the best time might be. And then she was thinking about an old friend she had, had not had contact with in many years who was doing something like what she was doing, it turned out, and that friend texted her. In another story, a psychotherapist discovers that he and his patient have the same dream the same night. The dream, each of them woke up dead. That phrase became the subtitle of the book that they worked on together. So what does this mean? There are many, many complicated explanations. The simplest one is that our minds are potentially connected with each other. That's it. That's it. How? We're looking at that, but I have an, uh, some ideas, the psychosphere being one. The question becomes, what are the circumstances that increase the likelihood of two minds sharing the same thought around the same time? Well, we're going to get into intelligences beyond ourselves today with our guest, Les Velez. He is a graduate of the University of Vermont with a bachelor's of science degree in business administration. 
as well as a U.S. Army veteran and a former vice president of Luscombe Engineering. Nice background. In 1991, Les joined MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network, and has held the following positions. Field investigator, training coordinator for field investigators, the assistant state director in Northern California, chairman of the Abduction Experience Research Committee, in case you haven't gotten the idea, we're talking about people who have contact with what we usually call UFO people, and team leader of the abduction response team, and the experiencer resource team, and presently holds the position of research consultant in the experience resource team in nine, experience resource team, which is how I got to him. In 1994, Velez co-founded the Organization for Paranormal Understanding and Support. That's a wide-ranging set of experiences there, Les, but you're, come, you're, you're tuning in right now to non-human intelligence, so tell us a good story, Les. Oh, my goodness. Well, would you like a story about the uh, uh, one of the uh, experiencers uh, had... Um, we can tell you that, or are you looking for a synchronicity story that well, I can tell you let's, about? Let's do that synchronicity story, but we're going to get okay. into the experiencers, and we're okay. going to define what non-human intelligence means to you. Okay. Okay. Very good. Yeah, it's, it's, this is interesting. This just recently happened. Uh, I, I happened to uh, be looking through... Uh, uh, some articles uh, that came my way uh, via the, you know, mobile phone. <laughs> uh, so many things uh, uh, are available there. And um, it was about a, a clairvoyant uh, by the name of uh, Baba Yaga, uh, who is a, uh, a Bulgarian uh, woman. And uh, she's made many predictions, evidently, and, and a lot of them uh, came true. Uh, specifically, one of them was the 9-11 incident. Um, she passed away in 1996. Um, so anyway, uh, later that morning, uh, after reading that article, I got a, uh, an email from Linda Moulton Howe, who is a uh, researcher, has a, uh, her own podcast uh, on, Earth, on uh, YouTube called Earth Files. And she asked me if uh, a lot of the experiencers in our support group uh, that uh, Opus has um, have been talking about, uh, you know, tragedies that may be coming our way. And I said, well, as a matter of fact, yes, there, there's been a number of uh, people talking about that right now, whether it's uh, earthquakes or tsunamis or, you know, something even bigger. Um, and uh, so then I, I, I told her about uh, this prediction that uh, this uh, uh, Bulgarian clairvoyant had uh, talked about, uh, that, uh, uh, which really was surprising to me, that in 2027, um, a asteroid uh, would be uh, guided here by aliens to hit the Earth. And, uh, well, that's, you know... Uh, quite quite dramatic information so i i i wanted to let her know that uh, i just saw this and you know, sent her the information and that same morning a little bit later 
she sent me an article uh, from NASA that was done in, in, in a uh, conference in, in uh, uh, Tokyo about uh, a fact that in 2027, an asteroid would hit the Earth. But this was an exercise. It was, this was written on every page, exercise only. Okay, and to me, that that was quite significant that through this this process that morning, this all came about. And um, so, you know, as far as synchronicity is concerned, um, you know, I, I thought that was quite dramatic. And, and the article had such detail in it. It was scary <laughs> looking through it, the, the NASA article. Um, and again, exercise only. Yeah, that exercise only one is uh, reminds me of a story that took place I th- in London, I think, where um, a group of uh, anti-terrorist uh, uh, police were like practicing a drill that uh, they anticipated might be something like what could happen. And as they were as they were doing the drill, there was a terrorist attack happening at that moment in that place. Uh, well, I, I tell you, it, it, it is amazing how, how these uh, things happen. And uh, I've got one that goes back many, many years, uh, which actually involves my wife uh, before I knew, knew, even knew her. Um, this was a, a junior year of high school. And uh, there was a, a big, a big dance that was going to be happening, uh, sort of a debutante ball, if you will. And I got, I got wind through the grapevine that some lady was going to, uh, some girl was going to ask me to this dance. And uh, I didn't know the name at that point, uh, just that this someone was going to uh, uh, ask me out. And so um, I happened to go to a um, uh, varsity uh, faculty football game. Um, And I was in the stands and I was sitting below uh, a couple of rather attractive women, girls. (laughs) And uh, next thing I know, I I heard this one, one girl say, oh, I dropped my shoe. And so I... I, I turned around and said, I'll, I'll help you. I'll go get your shoe. <laughs> so I went under the stands and got the shoe and brought it up to her. And come to find out, this is the girl that was going to ask me out. <laughs> and so that, that blew my mind. I, you know, it was just like un, unbelievable. Uh, how, how did that happen? I mean, I... I didn't know she was going to the game. She obviously didn't know I was going to the game. And then I sit two seats, you know, a couple of rows down below her and hear her. And then I go get her shoe and find out that she's the one. And eventually we got married. (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting for that punchline. (laughs) You dragged that one out. (laughs) Well, Yep, 50, 50, almost 53 years later, we're still together. <laughs> and the, I've heard so many stories, something like that, Les, um, that after a while, uh, a kind of plot of a three-dimensional thing uh, 
develops in my mind of connections between people, kind of like the story I started off with, the story where, where the minds are like uh, running around in this mental atmosphere I call the psychosphere. And they're not just in our minds, they're uh, in this mat atmosphere, which I think is a palpable thing. I think it's part of this reality, but it's much more... Uh, diffuse or, or like lightweight but it's there like light that you can't see or energy you can't see so there you had an intention kind of she had an intention and <laughs> one shoe dropped <laughs> as the saying goes and that was the sign and how did you end up sitting next to her i mean i go to a conference and I, go, I want to see this guy i sit down in an empty place there's a seat i sit next to, and i it's the guy i'm looking for i'd never seen him before <laughs> these are there's so many stories like this and part of the purpose of the coincidence project is to tell each other these stories so they can somebody can say like hey i've had that I bad that one happened to me. And then you begin to realize that if it happened to you, it's happening to other people too. You ain't that unique. You are experiencing the experiences of this planet, which we are increasingly needing to recognize as we are more connected than we realize. Yeah, and, and that goes, uh, the same goes to uh, people that are having experiences with, you know, contact with non-human intelligences. I mean, these people think they're totally alone and they're the only ones that it's happening to. But the bottom line is it's happening to millions of people. Millions. Millions, eh? Millions. Millions. That's more than 10, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> millions of people. Uh, now, I... Being as I have inside of me a little character called skeptic, mm -hmm. uh, how do you how do you know there's a million? Well, back Millions. in nineteen back in nineteen ninety two, uh, the Roper organization uh, released a survey that was uh, uh, initiated by Bud Hopkins and David Jacobson, funded by Robert Bigelow, and uh, the uh, information that they gleaned from that survey was that there was perhaps 6 million people in the United States that were having experiences like that. Um, and then you extrapolate it today uh, how much that phenomena has increased because we've, you know, my organization gets two to three, uh, you know, emails a day, uh, people looking for help with, with this phenomena. And there's other organizations out there that are doing similar things, maybe on a, on a lower scale. But uh, this is a worldwide phenomenon. It's not just here in the United States. It's all over. So I feel very confident in saying that millions of people are having these types of experiences. And first, let's start with what you mean by NHI non-human yeah. intelligence what is that what are we talking yeah, about yeah it's 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 uh, it, I'm, I'm glad you're bring, bringing that up because I, I just got an email the other day from a, a person asking the same question and and uh, uh it's sort of a catch-all uh, type of a, of a phraseology um because we we believe that uh 
well, most of these experiences are dealing with quote unquote non-humans. Okay. However, uh, in some of the cases, uh, there are humans, especially military type people that might be involved because the question of, are they extraterrestrial? Are they interdimensional? Are they time travelers, which could be us uh, or the military? And then you have the spirits, the poltergeist. Uh, these things are, are, are quite uh, uh, common. Uh, when, uh, as far as the paranormal is concerned, you know, you have angels, demons, uh, uh, relatives that have passed on. Uh, it, it covers a very broad range of things. And so, that, uh, Les, that is an amazing list you just went through. I mean, it's like you live it. Uh, I've heard it for the first time today. And there's going to be a few other people that will have heard it for the first time today too so you you would you just do that list a little more slowly because sure. sure. it's fa it's a fascinating and varied group of people a beautiful oh, group of entities absolutely um it even gets a little bit deeper as we go down the rabbit hole uh the uh well i this i just gotta say this when and when alice went down the rabbit hole <laughs> She had a pretty good time down there. <laughs> <laughs> it's not all bad. I mean, going down well, that's is true. It's that scary. is true. You, you find stuff down there. <laughs> well, like I said earlier, that 70 to 80 percent of these people don't want the experience to stop. So, OK. Yeah. OK. So well, let's, let's go. So anyway, as far yeah. as the the we talk about, you know, are they extraterrestrial in nature that there's some, you know, non-human, okay, uh, intelligence that's visiting us. Then you have interdimensional uh, type situations. What where, is that? What are the dimensions you're talking about there? Well, I mean, you know, I guess there, there's various theories about how many dimensions are out there, you know, in string theory. Uh uh, I, I don't know all the names off the top of my head, but there's like three types. One one has 10, another one has 13, another one has 22 uh, dimensions that are possible. Uh, that they're just stringing us out, Les. <laughs> <laughs> but um, boom, I need a, a rim shot here. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and so uh, that's something, uh, the way that they, they're able to interact with the individual uh, seems Seems like it's interdimensional. They're, they're there one second and gone the next, and they, they go around corners that there's no corner uh, to go around, and they just, you know, dissolve. Um, and, and then it, then you have time travelers, which uh, there's a case uh, that happened in 1980 in, in, uh, on a military base in, in the UK, uh, where these uh, military police, two military policemen were involved uh, uh, with the case and uh, one of them uh, was abducted and uh, came back and said that uh, they were uh, us 40,000 years in the future. And they've come back to gather some DNA because they screwed up somehow in the future um, and needed our DNA. Um, so, I mean, are, are these things real? Well, um, well, well, let's say they're reported, and that's what yeah. we want to do here, because right. in the mix of reports, there are whatever we mean by real, which is another problem. Mm -hmm. 
as as well as uh, stuff that isn't. I mean, that, that is made up. But imagination is funny. It makes a uh, rainy day sunny. Uh, if there's a lot of ways imagination makes things real. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're playing with that. But let's say they are real to the people they're ex who are experiencing them. And right. here's some ideas about where they might come from. So the time traveler, interdimensional and time traveler are two categories. Right. Besides extraterrestrial, which we've talked about. We've also got our military that uh, perhaps most well, likely the is involved. The, the extraterrestrials we didn't really talk about. I mean, we, mm -hmm. we, I mean, that, that means they come from a terrestrial from that's not ours, extra somewhere. But right. They're right. living on a different planet. That's what you're telling us. Right. And I, I've, I've, got, I've got a friend who uh, is a play, Pleiadian. Uh, mm -hmm. And I've had the feeling, has been around for a while, that, um, that I am an intergalactic agent. Mm. I've, I've had that feeling. And that yes. what I'm doing here is like trying to do something that you're going to tell us more about, but trying to help humanity stop destroying the earth that we live in and ourselves. Uh, that's, yeah. that's, go ahead. that's absolutely, absolutely, you know, right on. I, I, I think that that message that uh, most of the experiencers uh, come back with uh, is, is exactly what you're doing uh, and that we need to be better, not only to the planet, but to one another. Oh, uh, that's where it starts. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and so, um, am I, you know, it's, you talk about a mission. All right. Um, how it got started for me when I was 11 years old, I saw an object that scared the hell out of me and I ran into the house. And by the time I dragged my father out, it was gone. And I, I went to the library. Well, he said it was like just a beacon of light reflecting off a cloud, but I didn't believe that. And uh, went to the library and started to read books about UFOs. And, uh, and then life got in the way and kind of forgot about all that. And then uh, uh, this is the other, I think, synchron synchronicity that happened to me when I moved out to California in, in 1985. I picked up the San Jose Mercury News. And uh, Stanton Freeman, a nuclear physicist, was going to talk about UFOs and the government cover-up. And it was like somebody threw a switch. And I said, okay, I, I got to go see this guy. And he was going to talk at San Jose City College. And I expect to see a handful of people. And the auditorium was full. And uh, he gave uh, one of his inimitable you know, presentations. And on the way out uh, in the foyer, there was a table that MUFON had, the Mutual UFO Network uh, uh, organization that was started in 1969 by a couple of engineers, by the way. And uh, uh, so they have a journal and I started to get the journal. And uh, after a while, that wasn't enough. And then I decided that uh, I would take their uh, field investigator training and become a field investigator. And that's when things uh, really started to uh, come, come about where most of the cases, uh, without exception, were not only sightings, but also people having contact. And so uh, these people would ask me, did I know of other people having these types of experiences? And I said, yes, I do. And I started to facilitate a support group with the help of a, of a, a psychologist friend of mine in, in San Jose. And uh, <laughs> And here I am today, <clears throat> had started this 
OPUS organization, uh, Organization for Paranormal Understanding and Support, uh, nonprofit uh, in 1994. And uh, we've been helping people with uh, an online confidential support group and then also referrals to therapists, uh, credential licensed therapists uh, that are familiar with the topic because that's, that's something that is so needed. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of therapists are just not aware of this kind of thing. And one of the things that we're doing right now is we're just completing the first phase of uh, the uh, Omega-4 uh, project uh, that I'm working with uh, with a, another psychologist uh, that we went out to therapists that are working with uh, people that have had contact. And we, uh, we came away with some interesting information in that regard is, you know, what's, what's, what are they utilizing and how is it helping these people to, uh, uh, you know, get this uh, information in their lives uh, at a level where they can deal with it, you know, and have a positive outcome. Well, that's how I got to you really uh, through, mm -hmm. through, a therapist, psychologist you work with, uh, who mentioned you, um, and uh, I, I read the uh, some of the book Beyond UFOs, that big fat thing with a lot of stories in there. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, and and talked to the guy who wrote it or put it together. What was his name? Uh, uh, Ray uh, Hernandez. Ray, Ray Hernandez. I interviewed him on the sh on the show too. Mm -hmm. uh, it was very interesting. So it, that's how I got to you. And then I became. <laughs> I'm, I'm a therapist. I'm a psychiatrist. I do a lot of therapy still. And I became curious about just these experiences of these people that you've done. And to back it up, what you have done with your nonprofit in 1994 and support groups for people and make referrals to therapists who understand it. It's an exact parallel of what, what I need to be able to be doing here. I don't even have a, a nonprofit yet. We're, we're just trying to figure out how to get that going. This is new, but the pattern you're describing is just what we're doing, which includes some research abilities uh, mm -hmm. to be able to put these stories together, find the patterns in them that make sense and that we can generalize from and get the word out to people who think they're all by themselves in this, that there's uh, something missing uh, in their information because there's a whole bunch of other people going through the same thing. So you can tell other people about it. So you feel that. But then and this is where what they you are telling me the people the contactees tell you tell, tell us what they tell you tell me what they tell you about what we should be doing here well i think you know again we've hit it a couple of times already it, it is the fact that uh, uh, we we need to be better stewards of the planet uh, i mean that 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 seems to be the num number one thing that comes back uh, time and time again and then of course the uh, being uh, better to one another uh, all very positive uh, type uh, messages very few uh, you know uh, come back with uh, negative uh, information uh, whatsoever uh, 
they, you know, some of them have come back and said, well, we, 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 we have, uh, we have a problem and uh, it needs to be fixed. Well, that's negative, but also positive because, you know, if we can fix the problem, uh, a la polluting our water, our air, uh, you know, coming up with uh, alternate uh, forms of energy uh, to, uh, in, instead of using, utilizing fossil fuel, uh, solar, uh, all those types of things uh, come up uh, time and time again. Um, and, 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 you know, people ask me all the time, are, are they, are these, are they telling us the truth or, or is this a lie or are they good? Are they bad? Uh, you know, if you're in the camp of, uh, Bud Hopkins or uh, David Jacobs, they're, they're all bad. Uh, if you're in the camp of Greer, uh, they're all positive. Well, I think we have good ones and we have bad ones, just like we have here on the planet, on our planet. We have good people, we have bad people. And I think even within the various races, because they talk about the grays, all right, which seem to be a real common denominator. Seems like all the other races like mantids, uh, uh, praying mantis type, uh, uh, reptilian type uh, creatures, uh, uh, all seem to utilize the grays. It's almost like there's a, there's a, uh, they're almost like an iPhone, if you will. There, there's a shop out there in the universe where all these different races go to and pick up this uh, this little gray guy to, to deal with abducting us and, and doing the experiments on, on the people uh, because we are violent people, basically. And I've had people talk about the fact that they've, they've bit these grays, they've torn arms off. Uh, I mean, done all kinds of things. And I so I could see why, you know, I think that most of them are afraid of us in a way, just because we are uh, tend to be a very violent uh, type of a, of a race. Uh, the, <laughs> what, what, yeah, the grays are. What did you laugh about there? Well, I, I, I you know, I, it, it is just it seems to me like all these other races are utilizing grays because they show up in almost every case. Almost every case, this this gray being short, you know, th three to four feet tall. Uh, and then you have actually taller ones that seem to be in the background. And then the, the, the praying mantis type seem to be in control of the whole shooting match. And then, of course, there are Nordics that look like us, really quite attractive people. Uh, but they, they're, they're identified as Nordics because of the way they look. Uh, but evidently they're not, you know, earthlings, if you will. What's a griffling? I'm sorry? What's a griffling? No, uh, earthling. Earthlings. Earth, earthlings. They're not earthlings. <laughs> they're not earthlings. They're not. not, not we've mentioned uh, uh, the lizards, the praying mantises, and the uh, Nordics, and there's others too. And they, and they come from planets that we can see, our astronomers can see. Well, that's a good question. Uh, you know, there's been all kinds of uh, conversation about the fact that they come from uh, the Orion uh, uh, Nebula. They come from the Zeta Reticuli. Uh, there's various, yes. So there's various uh, areas that a lot of them seem to come from um, that uh, people talk about. And, and uh, Palladians. They and Dracos. Oh, yeah. And, Pal and the Palladians. And Pleiades and uh, Draco system. Uh, yeah. And there's supposedly like, you know, 76 different races that are, are, but 
most of them, I, I guess, are in the background, not really doing a whole lot. Uh, <laughs> but the majority seem to be either the reptilian type, um, which evidently has a, a number of uh, variations, uh, the praying mantis type, uh, and and the uh, uh, the, the greys, of course. Well, the greys are not uh, from the greys are robots, pretty much. They're, they're but biological, robotic in nature. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah they seem to be that way. Yeah, yeah. and they're and they're programmable by uh, the various. Uh, entities out there and then there's a hierarchy of people behind and behind and behind mm -hmm. but man that's a lot of interest in this planet from out there well yeah in one respect i guess it's a good good thing but in another respect it could be a bad thing uh you know they talk about the hybridization process matter of fact i'm going to do an interview this afternoon uh with a woman uh that uh, uh is uh uh she feels that she has uh, uh, birthed uh, like 12 different uh, hybrid children. And, uh, and by hybrid, you mean uh, probably combinations of lizards and human beings. Usually that's yeah, the one. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, and, and so uh, there's, a, there's a book by a woman called uh, Rachel's Eyes. Uh, Helen Luttrell wrote this book uh, uh, with a therapist friend of mine. And uh, she uh, tells a story about her daughter going to school at Humboldt College uh, up in Northern California with a with a hybrid and uh, who was basically brought special food by military type people. Um, so <laughs> there's, uh, you know, what's the purpose of the hybrid, uh, you know, hybridization process uh you know is this something that they need to do uh in order to propagate their race or is this something that they're eventually going to take over the planet uh because they're perfecting uh david jacobs latest book talks about hubrids in other words people that have been uh hybridized to the point where you can't tell if you're you know the person next to you is a hybrid or not because they look just like you and i um and, and I'm going to guess the purpose of the hybridization from my perspective is to be able to replace uh, humans who need to be replaced with people who are going to get along with each other better and be able to preserve the planet. I, I, I like that. I, and I hope that's exactly what's going on. That would be wonderful in a way, uh, because uh, we could certainly use a, a number of people being replaced uh, today. <laughs> and well, you know who they are. <laughs> and I don't know some some of them either. I mean, they're in the newspapers, but yeah. there, there is, uh, without question, forces that are not trying to help humanity. Uh, mm -hmm. They are the forces of chaos. Um, they like, oh, or the, in other words, uh, the other way that they're, they're the forces of wanting to keep things the same, mm -hmm. um, which is often a white privilege version of that. But it's they don't people don't like change. Mm -hmm. People don't like change. No. Uh, I like to ask my patients sometimes, how many psychiatrists does it take to change a light bulb? <laughs> I have no idea. 
there are a few who say one, but the light bulb has to want to change. <laughs> that's very good. Thank very you. And, good. and that's what, thank you. That's, that's what we've got on this planet. And I am developing uh, ideas for a psychotherapy for the collective human organism, which would focus on almost the same thing as AA, uh, my name is Adam, says the CHO, and I am addicted to materialism. That's mm. it. Yeah. And you can't move change without an admission of the need for change. We got some free will here. So that, that's the psychotherapy I'm moving towards. So I wanted to ask you, as you were telling me earlier, when people come back and say, we got to be nicer to each other and stop trashing the planet, do they come back with any methods of having that happen? Because that's what I'm trying to do. Oh, well, that's, that's a good question. And I don't have the answer to that. Uh, and that's something that, uh, you know, uh, we're about to embark on the phase two of the Omega-4 study going out to the clients of these therapists. Uh, and we might add that to the, to the survey question. Uh, maybe, let me write that down. Please I do because great, yeah, I need that information and I, mm -hmm. I don't want, I don't plan. I don't think I'm the only one who can come up with how to do it. I have a, a lot of psychotherapy education i've written a couple of books on psychotherapy and teach people and stuff but i've i want to know how to go from it's not happening mm -hmm. or it's too much trouble or i don't want to think about it i kind of know it's happening but i don't want to think about it mm -hmm. i've got my children to take care of so oh, that yeah I, 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 I have to keep making more children because mm -hmm. I have my children take care of here and I don't care about what happens to you. I just want to get the baby food and be able to like create a warm environment. I have a lot of money. I want to be able to keep that money. It's mine. I earned it. No, you didn't. The social situation allowed you to do it, but no, you won't think of it that way. There's a lot of ways in mm. which people are saying, I don't want to change. And the biggest one is make America great again, which is to say, make it the way it used to be or keep it the same pretty much yeah. as what we've yeah. got. So mm -hmm. there is in human psychology a kinetic inertia of wanting to keep going in the same direction. Yeah, and I, there's a conscious dissonance that, that, that really goes on here that, uh, you know, people get up in the morning, have breakfast, go to work, come home in the, in the evening, have dinner, watch a little TV, go to bed. Next day, they do the same thing over and over and over again. And yeah, it, it's, it's like it. it it's something that's maybe comforting uh, to them and they don't want anything to, as you say, change. Uh, but the bottom line is things need to change in order to, to, to uh, uh, have a more positive outcome on the other end. Uh, I, I think that, uh, um, you know, understanding what these experiencers have, they, what have they done since they got that message, you know, uh, are they recycling more now? Uh, you know, are, you know, are they, uh, uh, you know, did they buy an electric vehicle instead of a gas guzzler? 
uh, there's all kinds of things that uh, certainly can be done. And uh, I even struggle with that at some times uh, because I'm because I've heard this message over and over again. You know, uh, I'm trying to have the least carbon footprint as possible, you know. So I do. I don't have I I don't have an electric car. (laughs) Not yet. I do. I do. know. I have a hybrid and uh, Uh it's to get the electricity, you got to get it from someplace. So they're going to. So it's still not exactly a best solution, but it's somewhat better than using entire fossil fuels but the, the question less and for our for our audience uh, listening to us the question is there are hundreds of things to do like cleaning the plastic out of the ocean mm-hmm. no we got to stop using plastic yeah that's a major change companies are going to have to do major retooling which is expensive there are all kinds of the cows we can't be eating we can make the list you started doing it but there's hundreds of things to do and it can't be done just by Les or bernie uh doing it at home or trying to do it at home it has to be done as a collective action we have to do it in some kind of unified way. So what I am asking these non-human intelligences to help me, to help us through you, is how do we get from all these different people out here saying, I don't want to change in various ways, Mm -hmm. to be able to find what I think is your particular place as a cell in the human organism. Your particular place in the human organism could be fingers. For some of us, it's going to be in the mind of the human uh, human organism. It's going to be in where I call the self-observer of the collective human organism that observes the mind of this collective human organism and observes what's going on in the body of its organ of the organism and watches its interaction with the planet and then begins to coherently cohesively set about using its various capacities because these cells of which we're a part are not stuck together only it's that difficult sense of being part of the human organism and being separate from it and people have trouble with doing separate and together mm-hmm. duality yeah duality is yeah. continuum and do we have a duality i want to be able to say you're not right. wrong but we also have a continuum we also have emerging and to be able to know both the best way some people get it is through love certain kinds of love where you merge with the other but you need to be able to separate from that other person as well so love is a big answer in all this there are a lot of people say this i'm sure you're people come back and say hey baby love is the answer here somewhere you get that one but sure. what is what is love i mean how do we organize and and uh, and direct ourselves the with the energy of of love which there's so much of but we ride on anger which is so more easily gotten to uh, i i'm i'm giving this long um 
talk it's kind of the first time i've said it kind of as, as clearly as this but mm-hmm. especially to you less because you have observer you have contact with observers that i can't get to these guys are observing lizards and they're looking at us mm-hmm. and i want to see if maybe somehow through their your contactees they can tell us how to organize this collective human organism and start doing a coherent approach, not just one person at a time, everybody at a time and one person at a time. Yeah. And I think they're in the process of doing just that based on the fact that there's so many people that are having these experiences is that on an, you know, so certainly on an individual basis, they're being contacted, they're being told these, 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 positive things. And like I said, 70 to 80% don't want them to stop. The rest of them you have had maybe negative experiences. And so that's, that's not a good thing, but uh, yeah, as far as a collective, and, and I think we are going to reach, reach critical mass uh, with this one, once uh, the, enough of the world population has had this experience. One day we're going to wake up and say, oh yeah, of course, this is the way we have to do this. There's no question about it. Uh, you know, <laughs> we've known this all along. <laughs> and, 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 and so I, I, I think that uh, that process is happening, uh, but it's, it's at a pace that uh, uh, perhaps uh, maybe too slow, uh, not fast enough, uh, I don't know, but uh, as I said, I, I, I I'm going to yep. say I'm going to say it's lacking in a vision that's necessary. Mm-hmm. That if everybody or when everybody's coming together and there is a coming together with your with the non-human intelligence reports you're giving me, which are incredibly important to know about, and the synchronicities which are increasing, there is a coherence building but we need a vision of how that coherence is to cohere mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. just i want to do something yeah but... i think i think that uh, uh this uh israeli uh, retired general that wrote a book uh, recently uh Haima shed uh, is his name and uh he um he, he talks about the fact that uh, we are in contact with the civilization um, and that uh, the, the civilization does not want to come out at the present time because they feel that uh, we are not ready. Uh, they also talk about the fact that uh, there's bases on the moon and on Mars, uh, and we know all about it. Uh, and uh, this, this general is highly regarded and uh, in, involved with their space program. Uh, and, uh, so, you know, that kind of revelation, I mean, if the, if the aliens decide whoever they are to come out and, and, uh, you know, land on the white house lawn, if you will, uh, like the day the earth stood still, uh, you know, that, that'll, that'll focus people. <laughs> I think that will absolutely focus people. And, uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure that 70% of the population will be able to, uh, handle it and but the other 30 percent could have a r- rough time with that uh, revelation yeah yeah we're gonna there's gonna be trouble people having trouble uh with that Ab- absolutely uh I'm, I'm i'm glad to hear about the bases on the moon uh mm-hmm. there's old civilizations under antarctica uh have been a 
a, a, a standing theme in some of these discussions. So there's a, there, there is so much activity around these human being things on this little planet out in the middle of nowhere, apparently. We're not. We're kind of a, a way station. And it's almost as if the universe, at least as they know it, needs to have a stable earth with good consciousness on it in order for the whole thing to keep working. That's the only thing I can think of. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's the, there's so many questions and so few answers uh, in, in this regard. Well, I'm, I'm really, we, we, there's a lot going on out there. I mean, you've made that clear. We don't know a lot about it, but the, we're, you're learning your, your people are reporting, but what we need to do is cohere. Mm -hmm. And that it takes leadership and it takes people believing in the leadership. This collective human organism will not be composed of every human being. There will be people who won't want to, can't come in with it. And it may be that some of the hybrids you're talking about can lead the way towards making this organism, which is just literally with its big feet trashing Mother Earth, just clomping on forests and mm -hmm. lakes and all kinds of places, metaphorically, but really smashing a lot of wildlife and, and other people. And yeah. the collective human organism is destroying this planet. So uh, the vision I have is of something that looks like a human being shaped like it, but is mm. made up of individual cells of mm -hmm. other people who can separate right. out and do their own thing too. So uh, that's the question I'm asking you to keep in mind is that mm -hmm. what is that as a vision for humanity? Because you are in touch with people who are in touch with the, with more intelligence than we've got down here. Yeah. And, and, and I, I talk about that a little bit in, in the book that I just recently wrote, uh, uh, the unknown other, uh, and the existential proposition of alien contact. Uh, -huh. uh and, uh, you know, certainly we, I, I go over the psychological and physical ramifications of contact, uh, uh, the, uh, the various, uh, you know, uh, uh, types of thing, characteristics that uh, occur to people, whether it's implants or marks on the body, uh, and, and things of that nature. I go back into prehistory, talk about, uh, you know, the Paleolithic uh, era where there's cave drawings of spaceships and all this kind of thing. I mean, this is th something that's been going on for eons, eons, probably since, you know, of course, there's theories about the fact that uh, they have manipulated us, so uh, you know, eons ago, to to cause us to be what we are today. Um, and people like Gary Nolan and uh, Kit Green have, you know, worked with uh, abductees as well, uh, and uh, finding that uh, there's differences in in their brain structure uh, in the caudate cutamen area, where there's more connections with these people that uh, are telepathic or, or psychic, uh, and 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 they they they. They seem to have a lot more connections in that area than the control group that they, they looked at. Uh, I mean, it's, 
uh, there's so much to this, but I, you know, your, your, your focus, uh, I, I think is very positive. Uh, something that we, we will have to do or we will not survive. I mean, it's that, it's that bad. I mean, because the way, the way we're going right now, the way we're polluting, we're not going to have clean water to drink and no air to breathe. Uh, <laughs> and all, all, you know, it's going to, eventually be nothing but carbon dioxide which i don't think we're going to do very well on <laughs> you got it you got it uh it, it to me it's like a heroin addict stealing from his family uh it's it's uh it's an addiction yeah and it's an addiction and we have to look at it as an addiction and all the the, the stories you're telling me are wonderful to hear uh and i appreciate getting this wonderfully broad vision you have that's somehow you've gotten used to hanging around in your mind which is a lot to hold on to but you've got other people to to connect you with and so that's i i, I deeply appreciate being talk being able to talk with you because you are a grounded guy uh you are you you were in the military and an engineer uh, you, you, you know, that there, there are things you can bump your head against and it hurts that, that, you know, that, but there's, <laughs> you also know there's something else going on out there. So, um, I'm, I'm giving you almost a plea, a plea to help me mm -hmm. help the planet. Sure. Uh, whatever, yeah. Whatever you, I can do, whatever I can do to help well, you. I, I Absolutely. But well, you have the basics. You're kind of a research arm to me of mm -hmm. like being able to contact non-human intelligences through uh, the, your people that you interview or hear about or in, in groups. Uh, it's not enough to say we got to change the planet and be nicer to each other. Mm -hmm. We have to do with figure out how to do that. Yeah. How to do that. How to how to learn to love and be loved in return. Both of those are hard for people. Some people learn to love and then feel the love back from somebody. These are. Mm -hmm. the, the, for me, for me, uh, one of the most gratifying things is, is to uh, have these people in the support group tell me, uh, you know, on a personal basis, how much they appreciate what I what I've done uh, to help them um, by either making referrals or having that support group where they can talk to one another 24 uh, seven. And, and I have people in the there's over 300 people in the group uh, right at the moment. And, and they're from all over the world. Uh, we have South America, Australia, uh, Europe, all over Europe, uh, Africa. Uh, and uh, uh, nobody from China yet, but I, I think that's because uh, we haven't cracked their 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 wall over there for whatever reason. But evidently, the largest uh, UFO group in the world isn't based in China. <laughs> so that's 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 very interesting. But yeah, it's been gratifying for me. Uh, and and there are times when I've said, okay, that's enough. I've I've had it. And then I'll get a phone call or I'll get an email and then I'm, I'm pulled back in. So I think that's my mission. I, I'm doing 
what I'm supposed to be doing by helping helping people. And uh, now the next thing, and it's the next logical thing. And now, what do you do with that information? Uh, and and how do you propagate that in a way that that's meaningful? Uh, when you say that information, what information are you talking about? Well, I mean, the information that, that, you know, we need to be better to one another, you know, the planet and, and huh. things of that nature. Yeah. So I just appeal almost to your engineering background to develop algorithms, interpersonal algorithms, because it has to be done with people. Technology really helps. Um, mm -hmm. The metaverse can help in some ways. And I know people who are trying to get a peaceful metaverse thing going where mm -hmm, the people mm -hmm. can interact well, but it's not enough to be, oh, I am touched by whatever experience, God right. or an yeah. NHI, uh, and I'm the special thing and I've got friends that are like me. That's not enough anymore. Right. It's not enough to be so special. We're all special and we're all this very similar to each other. And being able to keep that in mind, but I am without trying to say it in any other way, I am looking to you as a source of information about how to organize the collective human organism to admit mm. the problem and to start doing the many different things we need to do in a coherent way. That's mm. my that's my plea to you. OK, well, I will certainly think about it. <laughs> Thank that's, you. That's yeah. That's something that uh, I will I will ask the group too uh, what they what they've done to to make change, and then ideas as far as uh, you know how can we uh, you know multiply the effect. So well, I'd like to send you uh, a section from the chapter of my new book on the collective human organism. Okay. Yeah, so please. You, it's a visual thing. Mm -hmm. uh, that I'm developing. And this might give you a clearer idea of what I have in mind. And that might be a way for you to tell, to talk with your. Uh, yeah. But I want them to be asking the their next NHI experience this mm -hmm. question, too. That's what I'm yeah. looking for. Yeah. No, that's that's <laughs> that's a great question. Absolutely. Uh, I will. I'm, I've written it down. I've, I will be asking that question. Thank you. Thank you. Ed. You're welcome. You're it's, quite welcome. It's a it's a it's a pleasure to be able to talk with you in many ways, Les. You're fun to talk with, but this is like <laughs> I'm like this. <laughs> at, least, at least you understand what I'm talking about better than anybody uh, else so far. I mean, that's, oh. that's you, you, other people kind of get it, but you're in a place where you're looking at this little blue marble through the minds of NHIs that are being reported to you. So uh, tell, I've, I've talked about um, what I had to ask you. I didn't realize I had to ask you this, but tell us what you want to tell us about what you know and what you feel and what you want and what you're doing. Oh, okay. Well, I think, you know, the organization that I, I co-founded in 1994 with a doctor friend of mine, um, you know, 
I think we, we're providing a, 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 a service, a benefit uh, to people that are having experiences. And uh, obviously we'd like to continue that effort and by getting the word out in more places like your, 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 uh, your uh, show here. Uh, I think it's important that uh, most of these people don't, don't know where to turn uh, when they have an experience. Uh, they, they, a lot of times they can't talk to family members. Uh, they can't talk to their clergy. Uh, they, uh, and, and a lot of them think that they are going crazy and they go to a psychologist or a psychiatrist and then they, they find out that, well, they're not crazy. This is so exactly. Then- this is exact parallel to what happens with synchronicity. Exact parallel. But what happens with your people is weirder usually. So tell us some weird NHI stories uh, where people come back and tell you stuff that's hard to believe. Well, um, there's a, there was a couple that uh, was uh, picnicking at a state park north of uh, Santa Cruz, California. And uh, they were coming out of the park at, at dusk. And uh, this, this is a, a park that uh, rather uh, has a uh, real slope to it. And so they were in the upper part of the, uh, the park and they were coming down towards the ocean. And they noticed this light over the ocean and uh, it got bigger and bigger. And uh, it was finally over their head and it was a triangular craft. And uh, this craft was not making any any sound, and uh, it kind of went into a canyon behind them and sat there. And they noticed this other light over the ocean, and this this thing turned out to be another triangular craft. And the first one, when they observed it, they felt they were looking at it, and the second one, they felt it was looking at them, and so they became frightened. And uh, well, this happened five more times. And these craft were about the size of a small Learjet. Okay. And uh, they, they sat in this canyon for a while. And then all of a sudden, it's like they blinked out. They just disappeared. And uh, at that point, uh, they, they, they felt like they were like automatons. And they, they felt that they were drifting down out of the park. And this park, uh, and I've been there, I, I actually investigated this area with them. Um, it's, even during the day, it's very dark because of the, the, the foliage and the vegetation. And uh, it's, it's rocky in some places in this particular uh, path that they were on. Uh, even during the day, you'd have a hard time getting down out of there. But they seem to just all of a sudden float down through there. And that's the last thing they remember until three hours later, they're at this restaurant north of the park, which was only like 10 minutes away, but they, they lost three hours of time. They had no idea uh, uh, what happened in, in that interim period. And so they uh, eventually came to one of the support group meetings with some pictures and they had developed a rash after this uh, incident. And uh, of course the park has, poison oak, uh, poison ivy, things of that nature. Uh, but they had gone to a doctor and a doctor said, no, that wasn't it. And they went to another doctor said, well, maybe something eternal, uh, you know, an allergy of some sort. Uh, but uh, he couldn't, you know, could not say what it was. Well, they brought the picture 
to the group and they showed it around. And almost without exception, uh, each of the uh, people in the group said that they had a similar uh, uh, rash at one time. And uh, one of the uh, people in the group said, well, I, I, I'm pretty sure I know what that's from. And we said, what, what, do, you, what do you know? And she said that, uh, well, it's a reaction to the fluid that they dip you in to sanitize you when they bring you on board the craft. <laughs> So there you have it. Uh, <laughs> well, tell us, uh, uh, some people do remember uh, being aboard the craft. Tell us mm -hmm. some of those stories. Well, uh, the, the people that, have, you know, they talk about, uh, again, this is very common where they're brought, brought on board the craft. Uh, there's, they're, they're laid on a, a, a table, uh, feels like metal, but then it's, it's kind of, kind of combination of, of, of metal and, and, and softness in some way. Uh, all, all the areas are, are rounded. Uh, there's, a, there's a bright light. Uh, there's usually small grays around them. Then uh, there might be a tall gray as well. Uh, and then a lot of times there's a praying mantis type that seems to be in charge of the whole thing. And then oftentimes there may be military people in the background or Nordics uh, that are observing the, the whole process. Uh, so, and then sometimes people talk about the fact that there, it's a very uh, con con congenial, very nice uh, situation where they get to fly the craft and, 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 you know, uh, they, they're taken to the moon on the backside of the moon, and they, they see these these large uh, uh, facilities down there on the backside. Uh, uh, one of the one of the people that uh, is uh, one of our advisory board members, uh, Terry Lovelace, uh, talks about the fact that uh, he, when he was in the service uh, with a buddy of his, they were camping, and this huge, huge uh, uh, triangular craft, uh, multi-story craft, uh, basically came down, uh, uh, abducted them. Uh, and uh, he remembers sitting there, you know, like feeling like a robot with all his clothes in his hand. He was naked and he saw all these other people in the craft and they were, you know, basically in a similar situation. So there was multiple people his, his his buddy that was with him had a terrible time uh dealing with it and eventually became an alcoholic and died uh from the experience where terry uh, thank goodness was able to to deal with it and uh you know uh, eventually had uh, uh therapy and uh you know was able to uh realize the things that occurred uh, to him uh, during these experiences. But I mean, the, the stories, there's always twists and turns. I mean, there's a, there's a case I, I was involved with where uh, a young boy was taken through a window um, and his blanket got caught in the window and the authorities came and removed the window uh, for evidence. You know, because you hear about this all the time where people are taken through walls, their their atoms are disassembled. Uh, they, they, 
there this one case uh, one of the cases and i have matter of fact 25 different stories from from people uh uh in our support group that are in the book the unknown other uh and one of the stories by adam is is fascinating because they not only talk about uh disassembling his atoms and reassembling them like a transporter on star trek uh, or uh, <laughs> but uh, also reincarnation that reincarnation is very real and uh, that reminds me of another story i was sitting there at, at one of the support group meetings in san jose and a, and a person says to me i've seen you before i said oh really where at the ufo conference uh, grocery store you know and i and he said no i saw you on board a craft i said really oh that's interesting and i kind of blew it off and it was probably a year, a year and a half, two years later that another person said, I've seen you before. And I said the same thing. I said, where? UFO conference, grocery store, gas station. No, no, no. You were sitting on this bench naked on board the craft and you were freaking out. And they told me to go over to you to calm you down. And I said, really? And so that's when I decided to go get regressed. And I had three different people regress me. I found nothing to that effect, however, I had multiple past lives, multiple past lives. And subsequently, I, I, I talked to someone more recently, and they, they posited the fact that perhaps you were abducted in a, in a previous lifetime. And, and so that might be something that you might want to want again, go get regressed and go, go, go to that lifetime and see if maybe you were, you were taken. So, Oh, it gets, it gets so complicated. I, I, those are the stories to hear uh, for our audience, as well as for me, um, from you who are, for all evidence, is a reliable reporter, unless you're just a made-up grape who's learned how to behave, which doesn't look like it's the case. <laughs> uh, the... What makes these experiences so positive that 80% want to go back to uh, have them again? Well, it, what happens is usually the, the very first stage is, is frightening. It, you know, it, it, it's stressful. However, um, based on the actual events of, of the, uh, the contact, uh, these people come to a point where based on, again, the interaction with the, whoever they're interacting with uh, is more benevolent than malevolent. And uh, they, they come to accept the situation. And then it's almost like the Stockholm syndrome takes over in, near the end of their experiences where it stops. And then they start to wonder, well, why? You know, because we, we've been having nice conversations and, <laughs> you know, you haven't done anything weird to me. So, uh, you know, I, you know, why are you stopped? Um, and, you know, there's questions, of course, why people always ask that. Why me? Why is this happening to me? And uh, we don't have any definitive answers on that. However, it seems to follow generations of people where a person might uh, not know that their parents or their grandparents have had similar situations going on. And, uh, and they're following generations because of whatever they did to manipulate the, their DNA way back when. Uh, or they seem to follow uh, indigenous peoples. Uh, they also follow uh, military type people. Um, 
And so is, is this a process, uh, you know, eventually of uh, uh, getting these people indoctrinated in a way that uh, is more positive and, uh, you know, that collective uh, thing that we all need to strive for and, and make happen? Ray Hernandez uh, believes these uh, these these crafts are not real, mm. uh, in the physical sense that they're mm -hmm. they're illusion they're electromagnetic illusions or something, but they're not mm -hmm. they're they're parapsychological creations. Kind of best way I can say it. Well, how do you respond to that? Well, I think some probably some of them are. Uh, I think it's a multifaceted type of a situation because you do have uh, uh, burn marks that these things uh, uh, create on the ground, uh, imprints uh, where the, the uh, impressions have been measured that uh, these craft were, had you know, high tonnage. Uh, in order to make those uh, impressions in in the in the ground, uh, and and you know you you have you have uh, the the uh, statements from uh, military people uh, that uh, uh, have been up close and personal with the these things and touched them. Actually, the Rendlesham Forest case is a perfect example of that, and and uh, so I, I think it's more than that. But, you know, Ray's perspective, I think, is that, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's more of an angelic uh, type of a situation, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and we're going to have to stop in a, in a bit. Uh, yeah. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the angels because we are talking about a multiplicity of non-human intelligences mm -hmm. i think of my dog who had a non-human intelligence too so i i get i get mixed up with that <laughs> phrase because uh -huh. uh, i i know trees that seem to have non-human intelligence as well so it it really means to not from this planet uh walking around or in the ground kind of people uh, is what you mean by NHIs. I want to be clear about that just for me. Yeah, I, I think that's a term that needs to be redefined, perhaps. Uh, <laughs> um, it, it, I, I've now two days in a row now I've had people tell me, what do you mean by that? You know, because are you not talking about spirits anymore or uh, past loved ones coming back and, you know, poltergeist activity? And I said, yes, actually, we're talking about all of that. And, uh, but, yeah, that's a good point. And there are, those are humans because, yeah, I do think in, because the word non and negative yeah. makes it negative, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it, it elevates the human somehow mm -hmm. as the center, mm -hmm. even yeah. though it's indirect. And we don't want that because, yeah. you're, you know, that's not true. There's right. a lot of other stuff. So yeah. I, I guess what it is, is that it seems to be a common term that's been utilized recently to talk about the phenomena, but uh, it doesn't mean that it, it, it doesn't need to be uh, re, re, restated in a, in a more meaningful way. I, I, that's if like some, some people talk about paranormal. What the hell does that mean? You know, <laughs> and that that's a broad, broad thing, uh, uh, paranormal, but the, the, in order for the general public to accept 
what we're talking about, it would help to have it a uh, different term from non-human. It's mm -hmm. like, and they're very human in a way. I mean, caring and loving, some of them are. Mm -hmm. So what's human anyway? So it's like, uh, yeah, it, it becomes. Yeah. So anyway, you got the idea. Well, Bernie, I want you to think about what, what, what we could use in the future. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so we, really. we got some, we got some jobs for each of us. I'll, I'll see what yeah. I'll see what I come up with. And, All right. and, and part of that, as we get to the end of our conversation here, is uh, is the other ones besides uh, like um, lizards and um, praying mantises and some kind of military form and several others you mentioned that could be from uh, other planets or from uh, as a time travelers, there's like more uh, up close and personal in what I would call our psychosphere. They're around us. Mm -hmm. from, and I, you've named some of them, uh, but please go through it a little more slowly. Uh, poltergeists and uh, loved ones yeah. and others. So what's, what's the ones that are a little closer to us? Well, I, you know, again, we talked about extraterrestrials, interdimensionals, uh, yeah. time travelers, the military, uh, Nordics, uh, all, all, all those. Um, and then you have orbs. The, the first oh, yeah. thing that people talk about are the grays. That's number one. Number two are orbs. Uh, and then, which are these balls of energy. And I was in Sedona and uh, I, I met with uh, Tom Dongo, who's kind of the celebrity there and about the paranormal in, in Sedona. And he said, you got to talk to this, this lady. Uh, she takes pictures of these orbs and she knows when they're going to appear and starts to take pictures with her camera. And so I, I did meet with her and uh, it was an evening that we're sitting on the back porch overlooking this canyon in Sedona. And uh, she says, okay, they're here. I'm going to start taking pictures. So she, she braced herself against the corner of the house and started to take pictures. And one of the orbs, which I couldn't see because it was over my head, was a red orb with like a little yellow bump on it. And as she was clicking away on the camera, this little object turned. And so the yellow cap moved. So it was obviously there. It was not an aberration in the camera because it actually moved. And uh, she had other pictures that she had taken and blown up. And you could see, literally you could see the typical gray alien head looking out of the orb. One was close to the, to the front of, of the orb. So his head was bigger. And then you could see in the background, other, other aliens looking different directions, you know, like this, this uh, portal opened up. And so that, that's what they, they're kind of thinking, that these orbs are actually some kind of a portal uh, that's floating around. All kinds of talk about that, that, uh, you know, these things can be harmful. Uh, there's a recent book out called uh, Skinwalker at the Pentagon. Um, that talks about uh, people having, you know, health issues after this orb would enter their body. And then Kathleen Martin uh, wrote a book called uh, Extraterrestrial Contact and talks about 
people that have had positive experiences where a man had cancer, this orb went into his body and, and shortly thereafter, he had no cancer anymore. It was just gone. Um, uh, <laughs> so that's, that's the we orb. haven't even we haven't even talked about healing and uh, that whole thing, but uh, that, well, that's a whole. Well, Ray's dog got healed, and that uh, by yeah. by going away. So healing. He, you just did talk about healing, and I think we can leave that, but but uh, for now, but it happens. And the, the last the, I, the idea of an orb uh -huh. as a portal is new to me. So what are the uh, and and what are some of the other entities like the past life people like uh, deceased loved ones and stuff? Yeah, well, they, they talk about that, uh, that uh, the spirit world, uh, you know, poltergeist was the third thing uh, uh, or actually the fourth thing, because interdimensionals came after the orbs and then uh, poltergeist activity, uh, ghosts. And then you, you have people in the group, uh, the support group that talk about uh, demons where, you know, the, uh, and they've also talked about uh, spirits that this young man was in a house uh, uh, that uh, had who hung himself and he, he, he was, he stayed in the house and he, you know, he kept coming back and forth and finally they, they were able to send him on his way. But then there was a demon in, in the, uh, in that mix as well. And uh, a woman came in to try to excise this, uh, this demon and found out that there was a ley line going through the house um, and that this entity was coming up out of there. And this, this entity uh, proceeded to scratch this woman, uh, you know, on her back and, and various other places. And uh, they eventually were never able to excise this uh, get rid of it and uh, eventually sold the house and then the house sold again and again and again. And I had a patient who had a demon inside of him mm -hmm. who kept, yeah, they, they, and he went to John of God and couldn't get him out. Uh, mm -hmm. He didn't know what to do about it and ended up killing himself. Yeah. Unfortunately, there are times when the, you know, the, they don't get the proper kind of help or they can't find the help. And, and that does occur. Uh, and it's, it's sad. Uh, we've been very lucky so far that uh, people have talked about uh, committing suicide, have gotten the help that they needed. Uh, and uh, unfortunately there's not, not a lot of that in other places in the world. Uh, we had a person in Turkey uh, contact us that was feeling suicidal and, I said, well, you, you know, I didn't know they were in Turkey at, at, at the time of, of the, the email. And so I recommended that they contact the suicide hotline, our national number. And, uh, and then she wrote back and said, but I'm in Turkey. But luckily, the group got her by that. And they, I tell you, it, it's been what such. Was, what was driving her to want to commit suicide? Uh, the fact that, uh, that th this, this thing was going on with her, she was, she was one of the ones that was not having a very positive experience. So there was a demon going on with her. No, no, it wasn't a demon. This was extraterrestrial in nature or. Yeah. 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 She, she was going, uh, yeah. she was extraterrestrial and she was going yeah. to the craft yeah. and it wasn't as much fun. Right. Cause exactly. they kept bringing her back, but she wasn't yeah. party time for her. Exactly. So exactly. how, how did the group get her out of that one? Well, I think they, they told her that, uh, you know, to be uh, to, to, to stop it. OK. In order to to 
to be very positive. And what I found too, is the fact that when people, they, there's a curiosity that exists in people trying to understand what's going on. And, and so they're conflicted and they want it to stop, but they also want to find out more about it. So you, you have to be very positive minded about it and say, I don't want this to happen. I want you out of here. I don't want you in my life. You have to get angry. You have to be really, really positive. And then there's a, a woman by the name of Ann Druffle that wrote a book uh, called How to uh, Defend Yourself Against Alien Contact. And she she puts in her book nine different ways that people that have written to her have stopped uh, the experiences. And one of them is to, is to evoke the name of Jesus Christ and, and go the religious route. And then other people talk about this anger, which I've seen more and more times uh, seem to work pretty well, where they just say, just get the hell out of here and don't bother me anymore. Yeah, well, I'm going to say that to you, Ray. <laughs> I mean, that's that the last thing I'm going to say that to you. <laughs> get the hell out of here. <laughs> get the hell out of here. <laughs> that, that, that's, a, that's a nice way to get, well, not so. It's a segue. Uh, yeah. before, before we get out of it, Les, uh, tell just so the uh, our audience get to know you a little better, some more personal mm -hmm. things about you that you might like to be able to have people know about Les Velez. Well, um, yeah, okay, absolutely. Well, I think I think the thing that uh, uh, I want people to understand is that uh, the organization that I co-founded, Opus, the Organization for Paranormal uh, Understanding and Support. Um, you know, it can be found at opusnetwork.org, which is all, all over the place right behind me here. <laughs> you can see the logo in the, in the uh, web address. But um, yeah, I've, I've played uh, soccer in, in college and uh, was in the military. Um, I was uh, part of uh, Luscombe Engineering, uh, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, which is actually a manufacturer's rep organization. Uh, we were uh, involved with uh, power supplies and, and, and uh, LCD displays selling to people like uh, Apple and uh, uh, Cisco and, and companies like that. So we were a, prof a professional sales organization. And um, but we got into the engineering side of it uh, by uh, recommending various products to these uh, uh, other engineers. We, we always work uh, basically with engineers. Uh, and then we uh, would interface with the uh, purchasing end of it as well. Um, yeah, I have a couple of daughters. Uh, one lives in Seattle. One lives near me here in Texas. And um, got uh, six grandchildren. And... Uh, you know, we're doing we're doing that thing. Uh, been married for almost 53 years now uh, and uh, married to that wonderful woman that decided to drop her shoe. <laughs> and so the shoe dropped and your life. <laughs> yeah, I was so easy. I was so easy. <laughs> and it's wonderful when it's so easy. It's wonderful when it's so easy. So I, thank you very much, Les, for talking with me. It's been really an important discussion from what I'm, from my perspective, to see the parallels and the potential for uh, having similar uh, visions about what we need to do here on this planet.
Absolutely. I, I really appreciate being uh, with you today and uh, opening up a, another possibility as far as uh, what we can do to, to help uh, one another, but also the planet. Thank you for saying that and thank you for being there. So thank you for being on the show and thanks for meeting with me. Absolutely. And I thank you so much. This is our mental atmosphere like a hologram of cosmic consciousness?